Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and in addition to it being my dog's birthday, making me very, very happy, it's also put me behind. I've got so much stuff going on that, um, you know, I'm surprised because summer is the easy time for me, and I'm like not even sure what book is going out on Thursday, and um, on addition to that, uh, I'm realizing that I'm starting to run out of audios, so I have to make sure that those get out. I have some work that I'm doing for somebody, writing something for them, and I have a listening that I'm making for somebody on Nightflirt. So I've got all these different jobs going on, and I'm really not staying on top of any of them. So I'm feeling kind of kind of bad about that. But this is a story from a completely different time in my life. We were actually planning to have this last week, but Shayla wasn't able to get it done quite on time, and she wanted to do her best, and she did a great job. This is the Sissy House Rules number two, and we're getting into my, you know, my junior year of, uh, of college, and uh, things are definitely changing in a lot of different ways. So here is Shayla's reading of the Sissy House Rules number two. The Sissy House Rules, part two, written by Kylie Gable, narrated by Shayla Aspasia. I suppose it's only natural. Any girls who are going to go through all the work to blackmail, enslave, and feminize a couple of their classmates aren't going to want to dress them like the girls you normally see on campus. What's the fun in that? These girls were all about sexy and outrageous outfits, frilly and lace dresses, and even costumes. In short, they wanted to put us in things they'd never be caught dead in themselves. Dressing us up was kind of an art form for them, and they didn't care about money or time when it came to getting the look right. Of course, since it was always my time and usually my money, it's probably not all that surprising. Just as they loved having me do cheers for them and put on fashion shows in the basement of their house, they also loved the karaoke machine they had down there. I don't think Karen really got much use out of it until I came along. But then a week rarely went by without me performing with it. It started with random songs. They love to have me sing what a girl wants. Girls just want to have fun. Or I feel like a woman. Just singing was embarrassing for me. But singing a real girly song in front of other girls was just too much. It was three or four types of humiliation at once. Then they hit on the worst song to make a sissy sing, and it was all by accident. Sheila had decided that I absolutely had to sing I Feel Pretty from West Side Story. She found it in the karaoke catalog on a disc called Broadway Show Tunes with a female lead. She paid no attention to the other songs on there. But after the disc arrived in the mail, 
she saw there was a song on there called I Enjoy Being a Girl. This song made I Feel Pretty seem as feminine as Free Bird. There are weird laws about using lyrics in your writing. And if you're incredibly curious, I suggest hitting your friendly neighborhood search engine. But I will say the lyrics are talking about how much you love being pretty, wearing pretty clothes, and having guys admire you. It's not just one embarrassing lyric or refrain. The entire song is like it had been written to embarrass a sissy. When Nicole came along is when they really began to have their fun. It was no longer about individual songs. It was now about performances. It was decided that I would learn to perform the best of Britney Spears, while Nicole would be Madonna. This meant that I had to get a whole new Britney wardrobe. I had to get a Britney wig and a red jumpsuit for Not That Innocent. The wig was extremely easy to get since Britney Spears was still extremely hot at this time. Even the jumpsuit she wore in Not That Innocent was being duped for retail. Fortunately, some of her trashier outfits from her later albums were very easy to fake without spending money. While Nicole didn't need a wig, she did get Madonna's extensions, and she did have to spend more on the costume. She had a material girl dress, but also the classic Like a Virgin look, as well as some more contemporary Madonna outfits. The disc was heavy on the early Madonna era, and that made sense as Madonna's career seemed to have begun waning. Now, when I say performances, these clearly were shows for the girls and their friends. I'd come out to start the show. I'd be in the schoolgirl uniform and sing Hit Me Baby one more time and crazy. Then I'd rush into the spare bedroom to change into my semi-virginal dress, for I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. And don't let me be the last to know while Nicole did Borderline and Like a Virgin. We'd always pair the songs up because one song never gave us enough time to do costume changes. But two normally worked pretty well. We wound up doing an overshow as we went through their greatest hits. But that wasn't the end of it. To the girls' minds, it would have been a terrible waste to have a brunette sissy and a blonde sissy and not make them do an ABBA tribute. We had found some sleeve shirts and cats on them that looked like something ABBA wore once, but eventually we had a mini ABBA wardrobe too. Wearing a ridiculous 70s clothing, we would do a medley of ABBA's greatest hits. Oddly, it wasn't the lyrics, but the choreography that was most humiliating. Just like we had done with Britney and Madonna, we studied their videos to get an idea of how they moved and how we should dance for the girls. It's not like we did this every week, but these shows were usually done when one of the girls was going through a very rough patch. Music has its charms, and Sissy humiliating themselves seems to be just what the doctor ordered when somebody was down or depressed. 
I guess we did a show about every other week, roughly. Now, if the girls would go through that much work for their entertainment, you know they weren't going to skimp on Halloween either. Going back to my freshman year, the girls had taken great pride in my Halloween costume, and they also increased the number of parties we attended, which greatly increased the number of costumes we needed. For the big costume party junior year, I was a devil and Nicole was an angel. I guess it's a vicious stereotype that says the blonde has to be the angel and the brunette is the devil. It wasn't like there was really any difference in our ridiculous costumes. Besides mine being scarlet red and Nicole's being a shimmering white. The outfits had their halter tops and huge leg slits and our garters were on full display above our fishnets which were white in Nicole's case and red in mine. Our sandals sported five-inch spike heels. In a party full of sexy librarians, pirates, and police women, Nicole and I weren't dressed to get the maximum attention, even as Amanda and company sported rather lame baseball uniform courtesy of Deanna's teammates and what they called an homage to a league of their own. The only thing we had to do was survive at the party, but that was much easier said than done, when we literally had a whole baseball team making things more difficult for us. They had all the old tricks of telling the guys that their friend liked them or asking them if they thought I was cute. This kind of meat market party was always about guys finding girls to hook up with so there was no question that we'd get the attention. The problem was that the nervousness of being a guy dressed in a ridiculous, risque costume and having guys determined to keep my cup full of booze was a horrible combination. It didn't take long before I had been paired off with a very tall guy who played basketball in high school. And that was what he still wanted to talk about at a college party three years later. I saw that Nicole had been pulled on top of a guy's lap, but I was more concerned with my own problems. Lance, or maybe it was Larry, was nice enough, but it was pretty obvious that he had an ulterior motive. Like the guy Nicole was with, Lance tried to pull me onto his lap, but instead I sat down next to him. He was dressed like the Grim Reaper, but it didn't occur to him until the party that the costume wasn't really practical for talking to girls. So he had it mostly off by that part. So are you going to tempt me? asked Lance. Huh? Your costume. You're a devil, aren't you? he asked. Oh yeah. You're like death thing as a holiday or something. I was just hot in that robe, so I took it off. I'm all about comfort. Are you comfortable in that outfit? You just want to take it off of her, shouted Deanna, who was close enough to hear our conversation. I'm going to if she lets me, said Lance. The hairs on my arms stood up. This guy was starting to get way too aggressive, and I was already buzzing 
I knew I could count on Deanna to protect me a little, but I decided to not drink any more and to try to stay alert. Yeah, I'm comfortable, I said. What? I'm comfortable in my costume. Oh, great, said Lance. Do you like mine? You're not wearing it anymore. I guess not, he said, putting his arm around my shoulder. I slipped out of his shoulder and took another drink to make it look more nonchalant and less like a rejection. Unfortunately, the drink became my main defense against him, and I used it by drinking more. I was getting hammered fast, and he was starting to get a bit grabbing. He started to squeeze my breast forms through my outfit, and I guess I was lucky that the girls had insisted on the top shelf breast forms for myself and Nicole, because even grabbing them, he was satisfied that they were real. It appeared that he would soon be reaching up my dress when Deanna had seen enough. Dude, she's drunk. Cut her a break. I don't hear her complaining. Just relax. We're all having fun. The lady is drunk, said Jim, stepping in front of his girlfriend. Deanna could fight her own battles, but that didn't mean she didn't like them fought for her. Hey, I don't want any trouble, said Lance. Maybe you should better step off then, sport, said Jim. Lance walked away, and I immediately was in Jim and Deanna's custody. Jim helped me up from the couch, and I leaned on him for support. We had better get him walking. Maybe we can sober him up, said Deanna. Won't we just make him more awake, asked Jim. Well, we can at least walk them back to their apartments. Nicole isn't doing any better than Kylie is, said Deanna. Deanna and Jim took Nicole and me back home with Sheila and Karen's help. They cleaned us up and tucked us in with a garbage can right by our bed in case we threw up, which neither of us wound up doing. We were fine until we both woke up the following morning with pounding headaches. We must have been some sight to see as we sat out in the living room together in our 90s with dueling hangovers. The important thing was that we had survived and had not been taken advantage of. Deanna and Jim had seen to that. However, we weren't done with Halloween. That very night, we went out as Betty and Veronica. And then finally, as the costume pair that was the least work and the biggest showstopper. I talked earlier about our karaoke shows as Madonna and Brittany. Well, in August, something happened that changed everything. At the MTV Video Music Awards, Madonna and Britney Spears kissed. This meant that the costumes we had worn for months singing for the girls now had new life. It couldn't be easier, especially since Brittany was dressed in an old Madonna wannabe costume. I just had to borrow Nicole's white like a virgin outfit. As excited as the girls were for the angel and the devil outfits, they were even more excited about this costume. They told us that they were tired of trying to set us up with guys, so they wanted us to do it ourselves.
I had no doubt that even compared to the angel and devil costumes, we would be getting a ton of attention. It wasn't just the way the costumes looked. Nicole's wasn't even that sexy. It was that the two women were known for exchanging a naughty kiss together, and that made our costumes all the much more hotter. The walk over to the party was eerily quiet, punctuated only by the sound of everybody's heels clicking on the sidewalk. I couldn't help but look down at my own feet as my heels echoed with each step. Even after all this time, it was hard to believe. It was his feet in the sexy heels, and my smooth stockings covered legs were on full display in the lacy white Madonna wedding attire. As we approached the Sigma house, we could hear a loud booming bass blaring through the windows. It looked like a wild party to me, and that scared me. Okay, sissies, here is how the game is played, said Amanda, handing out a deck of cards to the other four girls. The cards are worth the same points as in blackjack. You just have to get 21 points to win. What do we win? asked Nicole. Well, winning is really kind of more of a moral victory kind of thing. But losing is very real punishment, smirked Wendy. Isn't that always the way, sissy? teased Amanda. We'll make it worth the winner's time, insisted Deanna. I promise. So, how do we play? I asked. We're all going to make our way through the crowd tonight and pass out all these cards, said Sheila. We're letting the guys know that these cards are very important, so they're not going to give them up lightly, Nicole groaned. All you need to do is get those 21 points and you win, said Sheila. But how do we get those points, I asked. You need to go up to the guys and get them to give you their card, explained Amanda, as if it was the most natural thing in the world. They know these cards are valuable, but maybe you can sweet-talk them into it, or maybe they'll give you a card for a kiss. Or maybe something a bit more intimate than a kiss, taunted Wendy. Just remember, if they keep the card, you don't get any points at all, said Sheila. Give us about ten minutes to hand those cards out, and then you can start earning them, said Karen. It won't take us that long to get them all passed out. Oh, please, girls, we don't want to spend all night flirting and kissing guys, pleaded Nicole. Relax, said Wendy. I've seen you flirt before. You're a natural. If you do a really good job, you'll only have to get two cards, assured Deanna. It didn't help. Let's get you settled, said Amanda. The group entered the house and immediately saw one of the brothers passed out drunk in the living room, sprawled half on a beat-up couch and half on an end table. You probably don't need to waste a card on him, joked Wendy. Okay, off you go, mingle, said Sheila. Remember, this is your chance to show off your goods. If you want the guys to go give you their cards, you'd better make them like you. I don't want to have them like me, complained Nicole. But that's where you're wrong, replied Wendy. You're still going to be a slut. 
But if you don't win the game, you're going to be a punished slut. You don't want that, advised Deanna. Trembling, we watched as the girls took their cards and began to circulate. One by one, the cards disappeared into the hands of grateful students. I saw a rather nerdy-looking freshman leaning against the wall in the front room, keeping rhythm with the music by shaking his head back and forth. This nerd had a beer in his hand, but didn't appear to be drinking it, and didn't seem to have any friends with him. When Deanna passed him a card, I decided he was my first target. It only then occurred to me that there was a serious problem here. We had no idea what the card was that the girls were giving these guys, but we were playing blackjack. That meant if I got a seven and a nine from the first two guys I encountered, if the next guy gave me a king, I'd bust. I asked the girls, and this wasn't something that they hadn't considered. If Nicole or I busted, we'd have to go start all over. Hey, I'm Kylie, I said, thankful for the loud, booming bass of the music, for drowning out any imperfections in my practiced female voice. I was so much better at it, but it took my full concentration to sound female. Nicole had a much easier time of it than I did. Well, hello, Kylie, I'm Bill, said the skinny freshman with a bit more convincing than I had expected. I just saw you standing here enjoying the music and you looked to me like a guy who likes to have a good time. Stepping in close, I raised up my knee and used it to stroke the inside of his thigh. I could see the effect it was having on Bill, who shuddered deeply at the contact. Oh my God, he muttered. There's a lot more where that came from, stud. What do you mean more? I leaned in closer and kissed Bill on the lips. It was closed mouth, but it was soft, tender, and moist. I lingered for a moment on Bill's bottom lip, and the effect was to turn him to jelly. More, said Bill, smiling. I want more. Good, I purred. I understand that one of my girlfriends gave you a card. Oh my God, I love college parties. Are you serious? If you're joking, is this really a mean prank? I'm totally serious, I replied. Did you see that girl? Oh, wow. Do you want to have a threesome? No, focus, I replied crossly. I need that card she gave you. Well, what would you give me for it, he asked. Haven't I given you enough? You just teased me. That was all you did. What would you pay for that in a strip club, I asked. Okay, you got me, he replied. That's what I thought, Tiger. I said, rubbing against him. I could feel that Bill was already rock hard. He handed me his card and I looked down. It was a three of diamonds. Great, I had a long way to go. I shook my head. A three? I didn't pick it out, he said sheepishly. Nicole had already gotten a card and moved on to his next target. There was no sense in lingering around any longer. A strategy had developed in my mind 
I wanted guys who looked desperate because they would be so grateful for even a conversation that they would be sure to turn in the playing card if Jason asked them. I also wanted guys who looked unsophisticated because they'd be the least likely to question the card or suspect I might be more than meets the eye. Finally, I want to find guys who are physically small. It would be easier to get away from them, and if I did have to do more than flirting, they would be less likely to overpower me. Of course, the girls looked at these nervous wimps and gave them the lowest value cards. After the cards got distributed, the girls had great fun observing our efforts to motivate the guys who we were pursuing. This is amazing, said Sheila. Are we sure they don't like guys? Who can say, said Wendy. They're sure going to get their fill tonight. I know, I love it, said Amanda. This is going to be so humiliating for them. Look at Nicole, exclaimed Wendy. He's nibbling on that guy's ears. It seems kind of mean to me, said Jim, finally speaking up. Oh, relax, honey, cooed Deanna. We're not going to make them take this any further than they're ready for. I don't know, said Jim. You know I need a hobby, replied Deanna. This wasn't what I had in mind, said Jim. With our cards in hand, both Nicole and I made our way over to the girls. I could see that Nicole had managed to earn himself an eight of clubs for his ear nibbling. As we returned, the girls were a bit surprised to see us. I doubt you girls got blackjack yet, said Sheila. We just took a break, said Nicole. It's not easy making out with guys, you know. I don't know. You girls seem really good at it, teased Deanna. Well, get out there and earn some cards, urged Amanda. It's okay to give them a breather, insisted Karen. They are still going to have to get to 21, right? That's true, said Wendy. I'm not in a hurry. We sat around and had a drink. We weren't terrified of flirting or even making out with guys, but it always took a lot out of us. We hadn't even finished our beer when two guys walked over to our group. One was a tall redhead with big green eyes and the other was a slightly shorter black guy with large biceps barely contained by his tight gray sweater. He spoke first. I'm Danny and this is my friend Brian. Hi, beamed Amanda. Can we help you with something? Well, your friend here gave us these playing cards, he motioned to Deanna. We understand that some girls are looking to collect them. That's right, replied Deanna, presenting us. It's these two. They'll do anything for a playing card, asked Brian. Well, I wouldn't say anything, but they definitely want those cards. You might be amazed at what they'll do for them. Wow, these are nice cards to have, said Danny. How do you know each other, asked Karen. We're both fraternity brothers, explained Danny. Wow, so you have bedrooms upstairs, asked Wendy. Of course, replied Danny. Why don't you show our friends your room, asked Amanda. I felt Deanna pushing me forward, and the next thing I knew, I was in Danny's arms, and Brian was holding onto Nicole tightly. So, you're a Sigma? That must be so exciting, I said, as we made our way up the stairs. 
good bunch of guys, said Danny. We also have the prettiest girls at our parties. Thank you for saying that, I said. You're very smooth. Just so you know, I'm not going to ask you for anything ridiculous for your card. Spend some time with me and let's get to know each other. We can make out, but only if you want to, he said. And then you'll give me the card? Yeah, I don't need it. Danny showed me his room, which could have belonged to about any other male college students besides Nicole and me. It had posters of his favorite athletes and movie characters, but it was clear he had a desk where actual studying took place. This made me feel a little bit better, actually, because I figured if he was a serious student, he was least likely to be a creeper. I hoped it did, anyway. So I sat and laughed at Danny's jokes and tried to be as charming as I could be. Eventually, we did get to kissing, and I admired the confident way in which he held me in his arms. Just an absolutely great reading by Shayla. I hope you enjoyed that. There's another 15 minutes or so left on that audio, and I hope you'll support us by going out to either Clips for Sale, I Want Clips, or Night Flirt, and, and picking up the audio in its entirety. There's definitely some good stuff that is, that's on there that is not on this. And the other thing I want to talk about today, I owe... Uh, Jen Davis, an apology. I, I didn't realize I did this, and I've evidently done it more than once. Um, in the links underneath the show where I send people to their page, I was sending people for Jen to Shayla's page by mistake. So obviously today I'll send you to Shayla's page. But I'll put a link for Jen today too. So just if you're looking to find her, you know, they both do amazingly good work. Um, and I just, you know, if you're looking to find Jen, I'm going to put a link for her in, in the, you know, notes for this episode today, too, so you can find her easily. So, thanks so much for listening. It means a lot. You know, monetary support is great, but you support me in so many other ways, and that's great, too. Um, so, what I'm going to do, I am going to be back next week with another audio, hopefully from Raina. I'm going to talk to her about that. I think it would be great to have a Raina story next week. And then um, I'll be here, so I hope you will be too. Take it easy.